So here's the thing. Is Fair of Justice a good game? No. The last case is kinda good. Yeah, that's fair. I think the last case honestly saved this game for me, except for the fact mm. that like I can see so easily how it could have been paced better. Basically by splitting this case up and deleting most of the other stuff. <laughs> but wow, I came out of this case way higher on it than I thought I was going to. Same. I was like, I don't know, Spirit of Justice wasn't doing it for me. From like the very first case, I was like, uh-oh, <laughs> I'm gonna suffer this one, aren't I? And I was pleasantly surprised. And I was also like looking at your notes. And I think we agree on the fact that this was a fucking 12-hour long case that took me like five days to actually play through. And I didn't feel... I mean, I was mad at the length, of course. Like I always am. <laughs> but it wasn't a drag, you know? Which is weird because it was like a comedy case with like a lot of things going on. But it also had stakes. And I also care about like the characters involved as opposed to like the other fucking like past cases that we had. Yeah. It's wild that the 12 hour long case is the first one of this whole game that I felt like shouldn't be shorter. Like, I think they should have cut it up. And maybe the mm. last one, because it was only like four hours or something, that was fine. But like, this was one of the first cases in the whole of the Apollo Justice trilogy where I haven't been like, get the fuck on with it. <laughs> <laughs> or even, because also we said that a lot in the Investigations duology as well. Like, Jesus Christ, they actually pulled it off on this one for the first time in five games. Yeah. Fuck. I am mad at the lack of Ace Attorney 7. I think we're gonna, like, go back to this towards the end of the episode. But yeah. I now understand the fandom, I guess. <laughs> we got here. We're at the end of the second trilogy. It makes sense. Um, I think I, again, I'm sure we'll come back to this, but I think this has really, like, so obviously I come in and I'm constantly thinking... Where is Ace 27? I have been for seven years or however long since the last one came out, right? But mm. playing these games, especially the Apollo Justice trilogy, I've been like, okay, I still want Ace 27, but like, it will disappoint me. I just know this. And now, coming out of Spirit of Justice, I'm like, maybe, maybe Ace 27 will be good if we ever <laughs> get it. So... Yeah, I I am so, so surprised that this case managed to, like, pick both of us up. Um, I think me a little bit more than you, but still. Oh, I mean, I was... I really like the case. It's just that you ask for, like, the whole game. And the whole yeah. game is just... Well, that's uh, the thing. That's why I was surprised. I was like, wow, this has actually made, like, the whole game pretty good to me. <laughs> Somehow. Yeah. Maybe I'm just like, it's been a while since I played that first case. I'm just like glossing over the bad parts, but. I mean, I do have to like give credit to like this last case and how it pulls from the other cases as well. Mm. I wish I didn't have to like play through them, <laughs> but, but it does make sense in the end. Well, I just wish they were shorter. And then also, this one was like split in two. Yeah. I said that already, but like, it really is the thing to take away, I think. And you know, kind of like. The like the previous case before this, it could have been like the first half of this. Right, and it could have been a DLC, which is what it should have been in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I think our notes are so funny because we both start out like really kinda grumpy. <laughs> right? <laughs> like you don't even get you get like a little bit halfway down my first page and I'm like, this case is twelve hours long. <laughs> And your, like, third note is, what if instead of AA, I opened Shin Megami... Shin Me <laughs> How do you say this? Shin Megami... Shin Megami <laughs> Thank you. I had the best time of my goddamn life. Like, we both went into this just like, okay, we're doing a thing for a podcast. It's gonna be fine. <laughs> um, And we started out and, like... So we start out again with Apollo and Trucy. And, like, you're like, oh... Uh, I'll never ever forget how badly the team treated Apollo and Trucy, which is like so true and even is still true through the rest of the case. I think especially oh, Trucy. Yeah. I think we'll definitely talk more about Apollo. But Trucy is barely in this game. Uh, barely in this case. And also barely in this game, except for the thing that... You know what? You know what I was saying about how this game was good? They should have cut the whole case with Trucy also. <laughs> <laughs> and let her do something fun instead. Um, but they're there and then uh, who else shows up? But... 
Dirk Sadmadi, the revolutionary and Apollo's foster father, we learned through the rest <laughs> of this case. Uh, and also Sadmadi, prosecutor Sadmadi's biological father. Yeah. Um, and it's very, again, like, I think when he showed up, we were both pretty grumpy about it. At least I was in my notes because I, like, we had talked about how case three ends with that revolution. Like, it seems like it's really about mm. to start kicking off. And then they spend, like, the first, at least, like, two or three hours of this game doing something completely different. And yet, like, Dirk is there. And it's like, I was just like, don't you have a fucking revolution to run? Like, what is going on? I think the way that it shapes up with Dirk's story makes that kind of worthwhile, but I still think that, like, if they weren't going to do something with the revolution, they should have not made it seem like it was super exciting at the end of Case 3. <laughs> yeah, they'll make it go that hard if you chose that. Like, not going to immediately pick it up <laughs> right back up afterwards. Yeah. And then similarly, like, they kind of lampshade the fact that, like, this is a backstory for Apollo that's never come up before. And, like, they should have just threaded this through the whole of the trilogy. But it's, you know, there's things in Trials and Tribulations that come up that have never come up before. So I think they make it work in a way that I was not honestly expecting them to. Hmm. So, although, again, at the beginning, when I was like, grumpy about this, coming back to them, I'm like, you know what? It worked out pretty well. Well, your take on Dirk? I mean, that's a great question, because at one point you wrote, uh, let me scroll down <laughs> to find your actual note about this it. This is why I'm asking, because I know that you picked that up. Yeah. Well, we'll get to it a bit more, but where was it? Wasn't it something like, I cannot believe in dark supremacy, or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm pretty sure you wrote that at the exact same time, like, the uh, point of the case, where I wrote, uh, this guy fucking <laughs> sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i think i came around on that a little bit but in the first part of the case where you know you're playing as apollo we go through this investigation which i'm sure we'll talk about more and it's basically about getting dirk and apollo like exploring their relationship basically because dirk was apollo's sort of adoptive or foster father until he was about 10 and then like just all we know about him is just dropped him off in America and just, like, never saw him yeah. again. <laughs> and so it's sort of about repairing that relationship. And for me, they did not do that. Like, the way they tried to do that in the in this first opening part of the case just did not work for me at all. But clearly it worked for you. So I just don't, like, forgive people very easily, I guess. I think maybe, like, looking back at it, it was more like, I don't know, the lack of sleep. Because now that I'm remembering things, it's kind of like... <laughs> Yeah, he kind of like abandoned his um, abandoned Apollo for years and years and years, and shows up all of a sudden, and he's like, "Hey, son, let's go and have like a fun adventure where you almost die, drown inside of a cave." <laughs> so yeah, it's it's weird. Like I like now having seen like the end of the case and such, and like the full story. There's like some interesting things. Uh, of like him showing up all of a sudden and whatever happens afterwards. Yeah. But yeah, as a father, he kind of sucks. I'm with you on that one. The thing is, they they just put so much um, emphasis onto how Dirk saves Apollo's life in, in this part of the case, like you said, he laid rounds. And it's acting as if like, oh, doing that makes up everything else and it just doesn't work for me at all. Having said that, like by the time we got to the end of this case, I had completely forgotten about that. Like I was on board with Dirk as a character, not necessarily... Like, if I'd have stopped to think about it, I still would have been like, God, he was a shitty father. But I didn't stop to think about it because there was a lot of other stuff that I was really mm. enjoying. So I think by the end of the case, like, it's not that I'd come around on it so much as I just, like, was still on board with his character. So it didn't, like, ruin the case for me or anything. So yeah, super interesting character, yeah. actually. Um. So yeah, I mean... To detail a bit of the beginning of this case more, they're looking for the Founder's Orb, right? Which is like this relic with spiritual power, which Dirk wants because it can help him to win his revolution, basically, through, you know, Dirk, Sex, Machina <laughs> type situation. And they find out that it's at Corain Village, uh, you know, where Maya, Maya used to live and, and Pearl still currently lives. And so they go to get it, but it turns out that the archaeologist who was studying it was killed. At first, we think it's an accident, but it's pretty obvious that he was killed on account of how this is an Easter yeah. game. <laughs> and so we get to go and see Emma, which is really nice. I, at this point in my notes, I wrote she's the saving grace of this game because, again, I was like still like 
grumpy about it at this point but I really enjoy having her in this game and I think that her arc is so so interesting like we talked before about how nice it is to have her be a forensic scientist and like get to be happy uh after her like whole arc from game one through game six now it's really nice to have that continuity and like that exploration between the two Mm -hmm. trilogies and in this case where she's like I have my dream job, but also it kind of sucks because Prosecutor Sanmati is just, like, <laughs> bullying me. <laughs> I don't know, like, it's interesting, I think, that they, like, gave her everything she wanted and that they also kind of went back on it a little bit, but I still think it's super fun. I love Amber as a character, so I'm glad that she was in this last case, yeah. for sure. Uh, another thing that we both commented on about this whole this whole case, but especially the first part, is, like, it's so full of Easter eggs. I don't know why. I mean, I get why, but... Uh, seeing like that room with all the things there I was like no why like why are you doing this to me (laughs) I guess like they kind of wanted it to be like a wrapping up of because it's obviously wrapping up a trilogy but they also wanted to like bring back stuff from the other trilogy but yeah it's it's very funny Um, and we're also introduced to a character called well at first we only know them as Sarge Hmm. um, and they uh, first talk through this drone helicopter <laughs> thing <laughs> which is a lot of fun and at first I was like at first I thought I, I had remembered this character but I thought they must be in the Spirit of Justice DLC and so then when they showed up I was like oh it's gonna be another one of those like throwaway characters that I'm like yeah this is a cool concept but like I'm not really invested in them but by the end of the case I actually was pretty invested in them um I didn't like their ending but yeah. we'll get to that so yeah like I said at first you just see this drone but when we get to the trial part, which we'll talk about later, but just to keep things a bit coherent here, uh, we find out that she's like this uh, little girl. Uh, like, also everyone is everyone is referring to her with he, him pronouns, like, before they see her, basically. Which I think is really interesting, because I know that in Japanese there's not, like, so much use of pronouns, so I wonder whether that was something that was added by the localization, or whether mm. there was, like, other ways in which they assume her gender, like, incorrectly before we see her, so that's really interesting. But I thought it was just a little fun subversion that everyone just assumed that this was, like, a little boy who was, like, obsessed with military stuff, but it's yeah. actually a girl. <laughs> like, it's such a basic bait-and-switch, but it still kind of was fun. <laughs> I don't remember if it's, like, a specific character that says, oh, yeah, like, the son of this character. Like, if somebody implies it, or it's just, like, if we just assume it from the get-go. But yeah, it's, it's fun. It's, like, a fun character. Yeah, and she she has a really tragic story, basically. But, like, we've talked about this before, but it's so hard to know when these stories are going to work in Ace Attorney. Because there's just something, which I, I've never put my finger on through this whole, you know, experience of doing this podcast. Where some characters just land and others don't, or uh, stories and plot points as well. And like, I would have so expected this character, her name is Army. like I would have expected it to not hit. Just because like, so many of the other characters in this I've just like, not been invested in. And like, that's through the whole of the the, the Apollo Justice trilogy. But something about her story just hits for me. And like, uh, you know, we learned that she, six months ago, was in a fire, which, her, and her mom was killed. And then... Her dad just died. And, like, after her mom was killed, she, like, became really isolated, basically. And that's why she uses this drone to, like, communicate with people. Because she doesn't want to go out in person. Because she's frightened. Um, And then, you know, we eventually persuade her to come onto the stand. And, like, she has, like, a very short but very, like, very good arc about bravery, Mm -hmm. I guess. And I I really like it. Um, As I said, the very very last moment ruins it. But we'll get to that at the end of the trial. Would you... (laughs) Would you call her braver than the troops? <laughs> yes, I would. That's not hard, though. <laughs> I would call her so much braver than the troops. It's unbelievable. Uh, I have a question. Do you remember... And this is only halfway down your first page of notes. This is going to be such a long episode. Uh, why you said Jay's going to be on one? Oh, because of h was. You should know right, this by but, now. Okay. Well, this is what confused me, because they do mention Edgeworth, but he doesn't show up until a long time after when you said that. <laughs> so I didn't know whether you had just realized that he was going to show up. I don't remember. No, I think it was, like, <laughs> when they mentioned him. Like, oh yeah, Edgeworth is around here. For some fucking reason. <laughs> yeah, so I guess uh, before that happens, in the rest of the investigation is the part where Apollo and Dirk go down into this cave and they they find the finders 
Oh, wow, that's hard to say. They find the founder's orb down there, hmm. and then they the cave they're in, like, fills with water, and Dirk comes and rescues Apollo. And, like, it's so, like... I, I think another reason this just really didn't hit for me, like, with the Dirk stuff, but it just didn't hit for me in general, is because it's, like, it just felt so, like, cheaply melodramatic to me, that, like, hmm. they had to have something really dramatic happen, so that, like I said, like, Dirk can just do something really heroic, and then we don't have to think about the rest of the bullshit that he did. So that whole sequence for me just didn't work. And it's all tied back to like this thing where Apollo and uh, Nahita nearly drowned when they were, you know, kids and, and Dirk was looking after, um, which comes up like multiple times through the rest of the case. And that also didn't really hit for me because again, like they use it as this shorthand for like Dirk looked after them, you know, and like Dirk was a caring person for them. But we also just know that he wasn't, especially for Apollo. Yeah. <laughs> so... I just felt like it was they were trying to do too much heavy lifting with something that would just came off cheap to me. And it's also like, I mean, Ace Attorney in general is like, it's kind of good in like making you care about characters and such in like a short amount of time. Like we just talk about Army, for example. But in this case, like for Apollo, it's like he never, I mean, he talks about, oh yeah, I don't know who my mother is or whatever. And like we saw that kind of story. But with his father, it's kind of like, okay. Like he just shows up, even with uh with Saint Mary, it's kind of like he barely talks about him until this last case. So it's kind of like I remember seeing this tweet from someone when they announced the remaster of the quote unquote Apollo Justice trilogy, <laughs> and everyone was making the same joke. And somebody said like I don't know, like a joke about how Apollo is like a different. They give him like a different backstory in like each of the three games. Uh, <laughs> I I really felt that in this one. And it kind of sucks because it's like the most, not cohesive, but like the one with the most development or like the most. It's the most interesting the one. The most in my interesting opinion, one, for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially because you don't have fucking Phoenix Wright interrupting his backstory all the time <laughs> and still in the spotlight. <laughs> Another thing about Apollo in this case is like, Atrusi and Apollo were talking to Army and talking about how she lost her mom and now she's lost her dad. And. No, it is. It's Athena and Apollo. Because Athena's like, oh, well, Apollo knows about that, right? Like, they make references to his mom, basically. And I'm like, his mom is literally alive! <laughs> <laughs> and you just haven't done anything with it. I There's a really interesting note at the bottom of this page for me, which is, I said, I wish they'd fleshed out the Nyahu to... Nah by the way, I found out halfway through this game that I have been spelling Nahuta wrong the whole time and probably pronouncing it wrong. I mean, I've been calling him Sadmari in the other in the other episodes, which I'm avoiding now because there's two Sadmaris. But mm. uh, if I have said Nyahuta like he's a fucking cat, that's my bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's Nahuta. Um, but I wish they fleshed out. Uh, what I wrote was, I wish they'd fleshed out his stuff, it would have been way better. And then I said, I will literally pull for any prosecutor, you just have to give me something to work with. Yeah. And the good news is, by the end of this case, they did. <laughs> Again, I wish that they had paced it so that it was spaced out through the whole game. Well, it kind of was, but like, there was just such long stretches where he wasn't doing anything, like in the last case. Where like, he was there, but he was just like any other prosecutor, basically. He was just full on annoying by the end. Like, he was just... <laughs> And again, like I said in the previous episode, in a not interesting way, uh, as prosecutors often are. Yeah, so at the end of this investigation, after Apollo gets saved, uh, Phoenix shows up and is like, <laughs> I'm working with this guy whose name is literally Politician. <laughs> and he claims that the orb belongs to him. And like, we're going to do a civil trial where Apollo faces off against Phoenix. And I honestly think it's a pretty fun setup. I think that... Like, it's hard for me to say this because I don't care about Apollo, but hmm. if they had done this in Apollo Justice, then maybe I would care about Apollo more, you know? Like, give him his own space to, like, be a counter to Phoenix rather than just, like, get overshadowed by Phoenix the whole time. Yeah. Or maybe in Duel Destinies at some point. So, like, kind of yeah. make that breaking point in, like, the halfway through the this fucking trilogy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what I wrote in my notes originally, so I think that would have worked as well. But as I was saying, I was like, God, they should have just done this from the start, honestly. Hmm. Yeah, especially because it's like, Phoenix is once again on that speech of, oh, I believe in you and your skills. It's like, yeah, we know. We <laughs> like 50 hours total of like the three games already. We know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think that's the first investigation. Do you want to go into the trial or did you have anything else that you wanted to mention on that? 
I mean, my notes are all over the place, so no, I would just move onto a trial. I'm pretty impressed with how, like, my notes are enabling me to keep up with, like, remembering what happened in this fucking 12-hour-long case. Because that's not... The thing is, if I get distracted or, like, the case is boring, my notes are not good enough to do that, which is why a lot of the other episodes of this (laughs) game have been really hard. (laughs) But this one, I got a lot to say, and it's working. Yeah. Um... Also, it must have been Trucy who was who was in the investigation because then Athena shows up here and Athena, like, it's just such a waste of potential in this whole game, basically. But at the same time, it's like, well, Apollo finally needed his spotlight, right? So I get why. But like, then I'm also like, well, of course, it's the one female lawyer who gets like sidelined the whole time. Like, it's, they should just, if Ace 27 is an Athena game and they treat her well, then that's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But in this game, she basically might as well not exist. And, you know, they tried to give her something with the last case, but it just it also didn't do anything for the game overall. Yeah, it's a shame. Um, So this trial starts out as like a civil case where they're trying to prove whether the Founders Orb belongs to Dirk slash the Kingdom of Corrine versus uh Paul, politician. <laughs> Which is, like, fine, but it immediately devolves into, like, oh, by the way, we're going to accuse Dats of murdering the the archaeologist. Um, and then, of course, it turns out that it was actually a politician. Um, so this is, like, a very sort of regular, like, middling Ace Attorney case, but it's kind of interesting, right, to have it, like, as part of this much bigger case where there's, like, a, a completely different trial that happens after this. Hmm. Um, again, I think they should have split it in two, but and now that I'm thinking about it, like, we had the same thing in Dual Destinies where we were like, oh, case four and five are, like, the same case, basically. <laughs> so they could have done that again. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking when when I saw, like, how these turn out. Because that worked well last time. Yeah. Yeah, and I think this case, this this trial is very interesting, but I think just could have been a little bit more... They could have done more with it, right? So Phoenix is, like, trying to get to the truth on this without, like, compromising himself because... And this is the worst part. It turns out that Maya has been kidnapped <laughs> by somebody and... That's why Phoenix is doing all of this. And it's like, you have one plot line in this game, huh? Like, you just keep coming back to that same well. And not only is it just boring and, like, vaguely misogynistic, it, like, makes Phoenix act out of character in a bunch of ways. And, like, not even in a way where I'm like, oh, this is not how I would interpret his character. Like, in a way where I'm like, we had a whole case about Maya getting kidnapped and Phoenix being forced to do something in court that he didn't want to do. And the ending of that case was Phoenix being like, I basically will let Maya die to, like, find the truth. And, like, obviously that didn't happen. But, like, the same, like, why is he not doing that now? Like, it's stupid. Yeah. Um, but the actual trial itself is pretty fun. There's, like, a lot of back and forth between Phoenix and Apollo, which is, like, pretty satisfying to me and, like, actually made me think, like, if I cared about Apollo, I would feel quite <laughs> vindicated by this case. But I don't. So <laughs> How was it for you? No, no, I'm mad with you. So I'm not going to say shit. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Well, what was the part that... You told me to fuck off about in the notes. I can't remember. Uh. Oh no, that was about Dirk, and then it was also about Apollo saying stop saying puns, and I said maybe <laughs> Apollo is the most relatable person in this game. Actually, <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm just mad that they waited this long to like actually almost literally like a metaphorical give Apollo a stand, like the actual stand. This is like getting ahead of things a bit. But even so, in like the actual trial, the main trial of like this case, Phoenix is there, but it's only like ever helpful, like with a few hints here and there. Yeah. It's like, it is Apollo. It's not like, I mean, given I fucking do a Destiny's record, uh, I wouldn't have been surprised if Phoenix had said like, oh no, this case is like too complicated for you. Let me take care of it. (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) So yeah, I don't know. It was like a bottle. It was fine, but yeah, they w- they waited too long to like actually do something like this. And it's kind of disappointing, I think. That's fair, yeah. And I think that the other thing that annoys me about it, I mean, this goes back to what I was saying about Phoenix, like Phoenix's character being like not being right, like just straight up not being right in this mm. is like he basically is like I can't like. You know, eventually it comes out, the thing about the hostage, like, Apollo finds out about it. They're just talking about it openly in the court. You pointed this out in your notes, like, the judge just doesn't even say anything as they're just talking about it. Yeah. 
Um, but, you know, Phoenix is like, well, so you see why my hands are tied? And Apollo's like, no, we're gonna, like, we'll find a way around this and, like, does the thing. And, like, it's because he's the player character in that moment. I get it. I understand why. But, like, that is literally what Phoenix does. <laughs> so it seems stupid that, like, he just wouldn't do that. It, do- it doesn't make any sense to me. But the trailer stuff is pretty fun. Like, having Politician be, like, <laughs> the most weaselly little witness. Like, obviously we've had so many of these, but, like, him, like, very directly being written as a politician who, like, refuses to answer any questions just has, like, a stock phrase for every single one. It's very funny. I found that I really genuinely enjoyed that. <laughs> and like I said, the army plotline is, like, pretty endearing. So, like, yeah, it was, like, a really fun case. And it tied pretty well into the rest of the case, but like while still being really separate from it, it was it was really interesting actually. Mm-hmm. There was a very bad animation. <laughs> Do you want to talk about that? Oh well, was it? I think they were like interacting with the Thunderstorm, right? Uh, it was like yeah. Apollo and Athena, and yeah, they chose like they show like this like, this camera view of like them interacting with the orb. Uh, on like the right side of the screen and they are on like the left side but it runs at three frames per second <laughs> and the the animation is just awful and it's kind of like why it could have been like just the orb like the animation because it's like the content that is inside the orb itself kind of just like fades away and it uncovers like i think it's like the figure of the, the holy mother inside mm-hmm. i don't know what's going on there and there are a few like that <laughs> towards the end as well weird i think i just had like budget and they were like yeah sure why not <laughs> we gotta use it but not enough budget to do an anime cutscene yeah it's like rigged but those models were not supposed to be rigged like that like they have a certain amount of animations that they're supposed to do and, and setting fire to this orb was not one of them that's exactly it. yeah um yeah but uh eventually like i said like it comes out about the hostage thing and apollo is like oh well like i'll find a way around it oh basically he's like oh well politician needs maya alive because they need a spirit medium to like do the ritual thing like i said this is a lot of dxx machina and then it turns out to not be even true anyway so but you know it's fine they work around it there was a few moments in this actually i don't know if this is actually one of them that i made a note of but there was a few moments in the whole case where i was like yeah this is one of those things that we talked about in the trilogy where like it is kind of contrived but because the case overall is working for me like i can let it slide Hmm. um the one thing that i will mention is that after the case uh this is where the thing about army comes up where you know it's been nice through this whole case to see her get braver and like kind of start to like heal from the fucking traumatic events that she's been through uh however unfortunately at the very end of the case that is uh symbolized through her standing up from her wheelchair and she's like yeah i just kidding i can walk basically uh it was just like my weakness keeping me in this chair it's it sucks it's just massively ableist like there's no other way around it basically and it and it's really disappointing because her whole arc basically until that moment is really good Mm -hmm. and i think there was ways of showing her you know taking taking a step forward Without having to be fucking literal about yeah. it, you know? So that was disappointing. But still, overall, her story was good until that moment, at least. Hmm. Um, and then Edgeworth finally shows up. I gotta admit, <laughs> I nearly cried when the music started playing. <laughs> was that on one enough for you? <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything. Happy for you, I guess. <laughs> or sorry that happened. <laughs> yeah, it's both. <laughs> he has like five lines tops in this case yeah but they're really fucking good so it's fine <laughs> actually i can't remember where i wrote this yeah it's at the bottom of this page i said i think edgeworth really benefits from actually not being around much in these games because so many of the characters have had their characters like undermined by this case especially athena and phoenix that i was just like if they done that to edgeworth i would have been so mad so he actually benefits a lot by having five lines in my opinion Speaking of Athena, one thing that I noticed in this case is um, at one point Widget talks, you know, a very normal thing to happen. But I swear, I was like, did that happen at all in the last case? Because we talked about how she doesn't really speak in like other languages, like until the very end of the (laughs) cases, if they suddenly remembered that. But they also, I don't remember a single time that Widget talked in that case. And 
it made me feel like that whole case was written by somebody who had only had Athena described to them and never actually seen her as a character and just like didn't know what to do with her basically. They didn't know her basic, uh, you know, mannerisms mm. or anything. Um, so yeah, that was just another little drag on the last case. What were you going to say? Oh, uh, your opinion on the case of Five Lines. Uh, really good. I don't really... The thing is, I don't really remember what he said. There's a bit in it where Phoenix is like, I wouldn't have survived the last few days without... Or I don't know what I would have done these last few days without him. And I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, and then later on, he gets really upset about the Plume Punisher. He's like, it's not even an original show. We already have one of those. <laughs> it slaps. Edgeworth, great in this case. Good job. Um, Also, like, to be honest... In this whole case, he also um, is really, like, like he is a deus ex machina in this case. He's just like, yeah, I have spoken to the royal family. I've chartered a private jet. Like, I can do whatever the fuck I want, basically. And it's very, like, silly, but kind of fun. Yeah. So, yeah, moving into the, the second part of the case. Basically, um, so, at this point, like... Phoenix is like, oh, it was um, Inga, who is the, like, queen's husband in Kareen, who kidnapped Maya. But then, pretty soon after that, the king's husband, the king's husband, I wish it was a king's <laughs> husband, this game would be so much better. Uh, the queen's husband gets killed, and, you know, it gets pinned on Dirk, Um, that's, like, the, the rest of this case, right? And... Yeah, it's a pretty fun, like, you think you know where the rest of this case is going and then it just doesn't. And then it's also really fun to have, like, Emma, Edgeworth, Trucy shows up. She doesn't do anything. It would be more fun if she did something. Uh, but Athena, Apollo, Phoenix. That's basically everybody. But it's nice to just have everyone show up for a short amount of time. It's nice to see. I assume they knew that they weren't going to be doing, like, another main entry in the series for a long while, at least. And it's kind of like, yeah, let's just, like, in one end, try and include a like basically every character on screen like at some point even if it's just like Trucy being like oh hi goodbye for two seconds <laughs> and also draw like parallels with like the ending of the original trilogy um maybe i read like too much into them uh we'll talk more about them like towards the end but it felt like oh yeah this is this is kind of like a segue but you know how we've been talking about like how much they take from like the original trilogy all the time yeah to an extent where sometimes it's kind of like okay yeah i've seen this before time and time again like come on give me something else but i don't know it felt i don't know I i'll go go back to this later on but yeah yeah i'm curious i i feel like i didn't really think too much about like its connection with the rest of the trilogy oh sorry with the first trilogy or with the rest of the trilogy to be honest so i yeah i'm definitely interested to come back to that i gotta google someone's fucking name because i don't remember so yeah <laughs> i can tell you maybe if you tell me what. what's the name of the uh you know like the twins in in, in the, the I think it's Trias tri and Tribulations. Oh, sorry, Dahlia and Iris. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, there are some parallels there, for sure. Mm. Which are kind of subverted in a fun way, uh, now that I'm thinking <laughs> about it. But yeah, <laughs> another segue. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, something that surprised me about the beginning of this like second half, although it's way more than half in terms of time, but still. Yeah, it's not fucking half, Jay. It's not half. <laughs> it's half of our entire game. It, it is, but also <laughs> the first part is one investigation and one trial, and the second part is also one investigation and one trial. It just lasts for way longer. <laughs> um, what surprised me about this is, like, they never explicitly spell out, like, Phoenix's thing where he's like, oh yeah, I trusted Apollo to, like, be able to get to the truth and stuff like that, which I really thought they were going to in that, because, like, it, so much of this case, so much of this game is supposed to be about Phoenix, like, trusting Apollo, and like, we've talked before about, like, how he should already, and, like, how Apollo should already have the confidence and stuff like that, but still, if that's what your game's gonna be about, then, like, why don't you... Yeah. <laughs> I guess, I was going to say, why don't you be explicit about it? Like, I don't need that, but it just, like, felt like they moved on from it so quickly. They even, like, Phoenix spent so much time, like, pinning a murder on Dats, and then Dats doesn't even be like, what the fuck was that about? Or, like, yeah, I get why you had to do that, don't worry about it. Like, he just acts like nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> and in a case this long, I think you could have spent a few lines, like, talking about it, that kind of, that kind of way. Um, and... Yeah, I think this part of my notes is so interesting because I can see myself coming around on this case, but, like, it's taking some time still. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
I wrote, the Samadhi stuff has potential, it's just that it's tied into the weird Korean stuff. Also, if it was Apollo's first game and not his third, which I do agree with all of that. Like, mm. they definitely should have done this in a way that wasn't fucking so racist. <laughs> like, there's literally a part at the end of uh, the first investigation where Apollo is like, I need to save my brother, or like, I need to be my brother's savior, or some word like that, where it's like, so specifically fucked up thing to say. Damn. Uh, and then... Yeah, we talked already about, like, the the multiple backstories. But then, later on down, I wrote, I think if you took the family drama out of the racist stuff, and also it was Apollo's first backstory, this would be good. Which is basically the same note. Except the first time I was like, maybe it has potential. <laughs> the second time I was like, is this good? <laughs> like, I was coming around. <laughs> and I also thought this investigation was pretty fun. Like, there's some really silly moments. Like, I think we've talked in this one specifically like this game specifically about how um there's been like quite a lot of balancing between dramatic like tragic things and like humor and i think this investigation does really well for that uh there's a moment where shadow the dog from the first case bites onto edward's cravat and i was like this made the whole game worth it actually (laughs) (laughs) and also there's some, you, you asked earlier about Edgeworth's lines, and there's some really good lines in this where Edgeworth is basically like, oh, I'm a prosecutor in a rebel base, maybe I'll just turn you all in. <laughs> and he's like having such a fun time being a complete piece of shit. <laughs> it's like, it's so funny to me. And we also, like, Rafa comes back, and we get, like, the beginnings of, like, her, like, the beginnings of the end of her arc is what I was about to say, which is confusing, but it does make sense, right? Like, we've already talked about how her arc has been pretty set up already, and now, like, she's dealing with the fact that, like, her father apparently kidnapped somebody and then was killed, but, like, she still has all of this responsibility and, like, not really believing that her father would do something like that, and then also, like, later on, like, her mother ends up being a piece of shit also, and, like... Yeah, I don't know, like, I really, really like Rafer's arc in this game overall, and then we'll talk about it more, because it mostly comes up, like, in the trial, I think, but it was good to have her in this investigation, and, like, throughout, so that we could see that grow sort of more organically, I think. Yeah. Good character, IMO. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, this investigation has a ton of stuff, <laughs> again, about Dirk, um, and <laughs> Lamoir. Not not directly about Lamoir, but, like, so, like... Okay, just to focus on Dirk for a second. So we learn about this fire that happened where Apollo's biological father was killed and Apollo was saved by Dirk at that point. And Apollo says, it's like Dirk has done nothing but save me my entire life. And I was like, he also <laughs> abandoned you though. Like that, those two things do not actually cancel each other out. Uh, and then immediately after that, uh, Apollo says to Dirk, do you know anything about my mother? And Phoenix is literally canonically in the room at that point. <laughs> <laughs> It just doesn't say anything. And I mean, it's not that I think he should have said something. Like, you know, if it was real life, he has promised Lamawa that he's not going to say anything. So I get that. But like, the fact that they even brought it up in the game, but then like didn't bring it up, if you know what I mean, like never resolved that at all, is uh, pretty wild. Uh, also, Dirk's explanation is maybe she read about the fire in the newspaper and assumed you died. And I was like, I'm pretty sure the newspaper would have mentioned if a baby died as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, there is no good explanation for why Lamawa didn't look for Apollo because we know she lost her memory, but not until after that, right? Like, it's super weird. I'm gonna refrain from talking about this until we get to that one part because i'm mad about it yeah okay we got that and we got trilogy parallels that we're going to talk about by by the end uh another thing that we both commented on is like how the revolution plays out during this investigation like we get little glimpses into what's been happening (laughs) um one thing that i think is so funny is that they basically act like believe like they want to say that Believe's been doing something, but, like, they- everyone talks about it so dismissively. They're like, oh yeah, she's just, like, helping out people whose, you know, family have been falsely accused. She's just, like, doing all this grassroots work. And basically, Believe is the only motherfucker actually running this revolution. Everyone is so- everyone else is so obsessed with, like, the Founders Orb. And I know that that's, like, again, the Deus Ex Machina that's gonna, like, fix everything. And, like, you know, they're all obsessed with the law because they all used to be lawyers and stuff like that. But, like, Believe is actually doing a revolution. (laughs) Like, Believe is doing 
doing real, like, important real world work. And it's just talked about so dismissively by the actual game itself. It's so... F I mean, actually not by the game itself. It turns out to be important. But, like, by the people around her. Like, by Phoenix and by Dats and by uh, Dirk. It's so fucking funny. Actually... If I felt like they were doing it more deliberately, I would feel like it was good commentary. But I think that they are literally just like, oh, yeah, she's also here. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that's everything that I have for this investigation. And then we get into a very, very long trial. Um. But do you have anything else from the investigation part? Hmm. Ah, uh, there was a mention about... I had, like, a decent note that says, don't mention Ace Attorney 4, motherfuckers. And I can't remember <laughs> why. Was it the stuff around Lamoir? It might have been, yeah. Anyway, trial. Yeah, I mean, right before the trial, like, there's a huge fucking demonstration outside. I'm pretty sure the courtroom gets stormed. And then they're like, it's fine, we're just gonna go ahead with the trial anyway. <laughs> Yet another wasted climactic opportunity. Yeah. And the first thing that happens in this trial is that Sadmani is like, yes, I'm... I, like, it's been going through the whole of the investigation as well. Is that Sadmani or Nahita is like, yeah, I promise... Like, I'm fine, I'm gonna prosecute my own dad, like, I'm. this is not gonna be a problem for me. I'm, like, so stoic about it, blah, blah, blah. Hmm. And then, immediately, uh, Garen, the queen, comes in, and is like, just kidding, I'm gonna do it for you. <laughs> so he's relegated to being Garen's weird little girl, but on the <laughs> prosecutor side, which is kind of fun. Um, and Garen also gets a costume change, which is really something. Yeah, it's like a, a dark stack of cosplay, which is very funny to me. This whole case has so many like 50s Disney vibes like as soon as Garen like <laughs> reveals her evil self she becomes like an evil stepmother like look at ass and then there's a character who comes in later basically her good little sister as it were and she um like a proper Disney princess where like she gets animals like flocking to her and stuff and I'm like this is so fucking stereotypical in such a very specific way <laughs> um so yeah I think <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I googled uh, Dahlia Hawthorne and it says t <laughs> TV character. Like why? <laughs> well, there is an anime. Oh, okay, fucked up. <laughs> so funny. And also, I only wrote like D A H, and he auto completed like the full name, and I haven't. <laughs> Google her since I don't know. I, I don't remember when we recorded that one. So weird. People are listening. Yeah, well, they know that you're playing this game and how many parallels it has to the trilogy. So mm. they knew you were going to talk about that. Um, yeah, my my notes for the beginning of this trial are kind of funny because uh, at the very beginning of the trial, Rafer tries to do the divination seance and fails because like it's her dad's death and she doesn't want to experience it. And like everyone basically is trying to protect her and like says she doesn't have to do it, which is reasonable. And then I know that like there's a bunch of stuff that happens in between, but I didn't take any notes on it because eventually Apollo is like, actually to find the truth, we need to have this divination seance. And like the way that they do it is kind of nice for Rafer where she's like I want to like have my part in this and like I've learned that like the divination sales doesn't have to be me like figuring it all out like I I'm just providing another piece of evidence basically hmm. and I called it Rafer's own little prosecutor arc like as <laughs> if Edgeworth was going to be somewhere in the stand like oh wow like she's figured out this shit that took me so long to figure out basically which is kind of fun um but having said that Again, especially my notes where I've cut out a big chunk in the middle. It's so funny for everyone to just be like, oh, yeah, Rafa shouldn't have to do this. Like, it makes total sense for her to not be able to channel her dead father. And then Apollo's like, oh, we kind of really need you to do this. And also, at that point, Garen is like, like, he puts his life on the line for it, basically. He's hmm. like, yeah, if if she can't do it this time, uh, the trial will end immediately, at which point Dirk, Apollo, and Phoenix would all get executed. So he's, like, putting a lot of pressure on her as well. <laughs> um, and then the funniest thing about it is that this whole thing is, like, because Apollo believes that he was killed in his quarters and not in the tomb where the crime was supposed to take place. And then it immediately turns out that he was killed in the tomb after all. And, like, of course, it leads to all the truth and stuff. But the way that it happens is so fucking funny. Yeah, I'm just trying to, like, recall every single detail that they, like, basically throw at you uh, in, like... Oh, there's a million. There's, it's not worth it. Yeah, it's just too much. But this is what's interesting, right? Like, sometimes we have cases like that where we're like, oh my god, it was so back and forth. Like, they should have cut this down by half. 
But I did not at any point feel that this trial should have been shorter, even though it was so fucking long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know how they pulled that off, but they really did. Um, I don't know what point of this trial in your notes you wrote, yo, this case is actually good. Oh, when uh, it was revealed that Queen Amara was still alive. Yeah. Wait, no. No. When it was revealed that Nina? Nina? I don't know how the fuck to pronounce Nina? that. I guess I would say Nina. Like, it was Queen Amara. There we go. Yeah. So, Queen Amara being the character who was killed 23 years ago, and Dirk was accused of her murder. Um, and we did know from the investigation that she was still alive. But, yeah, it turns out that she's been here the whole time as <laughs> Rafer's assistant, uh, which is pretty fun. And then she shows up. Yeah, like I said, has all these Disney animations. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean... Do you want to read what you wrote after that? Because I think this is so fun. I took the bait like no no one else <laughs> in the entire war. Yeah, I wrote in all caps, the spirit of justice is a JRPG and we are about to fight God. And I think it was one of the, like, the following lines where the church is basically saying like, oh, don't you dare like point out any contradictions or like try and disrespect our queen because she's like the... Blah, 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 blah. He says one line where it's like, she's virtually a goddess in the eyes of people. And I was like, <laughs> confirm my theory, coward, do it. Uh, and then it just, nothing happens. Which is fine. Like, she wasn't the one culprit behind everything. Yeah, at first you think that, like, Amara's gonna be the culprit behind everything, and then it turns out to be the evil queen. And, like, given her, the character designs, well, again, like, I thought it was gonna be a subversion, right? But also, like, it kind of makes sense in the end. Yeah. Maybe they could have said that one, like her character uh, costume change for like closer to this moment. That would have been interesting. Very Disney ass, like all oh, light and darkness, you know, but <laughs> it would have been interesting. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, I think this is when we both like really got into the case. Uh, we've both written holy shit, like right around here. <laughs> Mine was at the point where Amara gets shot because she's trying to accuse Garan of something. Yeah. Um, which is, like, right before the end of the trial. And, like, was really dramatic, honestly. Like, not a lot of, like, big dramatic... Well, there are big dramatic moments like that in Ace Tony, but they don't always hit. Whereas this one, I was like, I'm, I'm invested. <laughs> and it's also after... Not right after, but... Uh, we first see something like this with Dirk. I don't know if you mentioned this already. But it's kind of like, oh, they're, like showing people getting shot at uh in this fucking game yeah so before that uh we learned that dirk is already dead and has been dead for days and it's been maya channeling him this whole time which kind of slabs as a reveal it's so good it's so good and like i said like at this point i was not at all thinking about like how dirk is as a father or anything like that like i was just invested in like the story as it's being told and yeah again like we have this pretty dramatic cutscene of him getting shot and yeah, this was also the point where I was like, yeah, there's a lot of back and forth happening here and like a lot of our theories are getting shot down and like changed and stuff like that. But it doesn't feel super annoying like it does in some of the other cases because I'm actually invested in the outcome and like there's stakes and things are tense. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, there is one point where uh, in the cutscene with Dirk, like when he gets shot, he does he gets shot by Inga, the justice minister, the, the queen's husband. And when he gets shot... He doesn't go down immediately, and Dirk, <laughs> not Dirk, Inga says, nuts to this, and runs away, which was an exceptionally funny line. <laughs> yeah, and then, like, actually, this is really funny, so I wrote, holy shit, lol, which is when Amara gets shot, and then I wrote the last segment just to remind myself where I was in my notes, and then I wrote, this kind of slaps, and then I wrote, is this game good with like 5,000 exclamation mark, uh, question marks even and I even like Apollo now which is a big achievement I did genuinely find Apollo endearing in this case and I enjoyed like his story with like relation to Dirk and Nahuta yeah and then I said imagine if they did this before <laughs> like I know they need a trilogy to like grow over time like you know we get a lot of Phoenix backstory and like Phoenix I'd I, I at least, you know, came to like Phoenix a lot more in Trials and Tribulations, but you still need something to land in the first two games. Yeah. So, yeah. What's the uh, 
Shades of Black we're reference to. Yeah, so at the beginning of this final part of the trial, like Garen is clearly throwing all of the tools at them just to get them to shut up, basically. And she forces Nahuta, who is... um Like, through this whole case, we've been hearing uh, about how Nahuta is... Like, so Nahuta is Dirk's son and used to be part of the revolution and wanted to, like, take it down from the inside by being a prosecutor, basically. But then ended up, like, seemingly really like believing in um the system and the queen and stuff like that and this whole time Dirk has been like oh there's something that like she's holding over him but we don't know what it is and it turns out that Rafer is actually his sister. Rafer is Queen Amara and Dirk's daughter rather than Inga and Garan's because they've had like Amara in captivity this whole time but at one point she escaped with Dirk and then they had a baby and then I guess she got recaptured. That whole thing, again, that's one of the things where it's a bit like convoluted and contrived, but it works out when you're in the case, you're just like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, so then Nahuta gets on the stand, basically, and um, confesses to the murder of Inga, even though it's like so obvious that he doesn't do it. And it's a bit annoying that like at no point, like through this whole trial, you've been like, oh, no one else could have been in the tomb, so who could have done it? And no one ever says that about Nahuta, which is kind of like... That annoyed me the whole time because I was like, it's such an obvious rebuttal. And it's the thing is, no one actually believes Nahuta did it, like not even the judge, but like it's just like for dramatic effect, basically. Hmm. But he does it to to protect Rafer, basically, because Garen says that she'll like announce to everybody that she's not her daughter. And like they say this whole thing about how in Kurnese culture, the sins of the father like also belong to the child. So because she's Dirk's daughter, everyone will shun her, basically. And I think that is so unnecessary, firstly, because it just ties into this whole thing that they've had about Corinne the whole time, which sucks. But also, like, there were just ways, like, it just makes sense anyway that, like, he would still want to cover for her. Like, she might lose her position in the royal family. Like, she, um, like, there are other reasons why, like, he would want to protect Rafer, basically. Like, Garan could have literally just been like, I will disown Rafer, or, like, I will kick Rafer out, or, like, I will, like, she could have done anything to Rafer, basically. She's the queen, and she's her mother, like, uh, at least, you know, if not biologically, but she still has power over her, you know, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, Nahiuta confesses to the crime to protect Rafer, basically, and that... After five minutes of talking, is what I said has shades of Blackwell because Blackwell did that for Athena. Yeah. It, even if not in the same circumstances. But I was like looking for the tiniest through lines <laughs> where the trilogy like hangs together, basically. <laughs> and also, now that I'm thinking about it, I totally didn't think about this at the time, but last week when we talked about uh, Nahuta and Blackwell shipping, you know what? They have something in common. So I can see how it hmm. would work a little bit more. <laughs> um, They finally end this trial by proving that the queen can't channel spirits, which means that she doesn't have the right to rule in their culture, which is like so contrived again and like not super fun to me, but more importantly, like, and this is the classic Ace Attorney where they're like, the system is fine. It's just when there's corrupt people in it that it's broken. (laughs) And I was like, I'm not fucking sure that's true. Like it never has been, but especially in this situation, um... Like, this game ends with Rafer on the throne, who is, like, a 15-year-old kid and, like, has been through a growth arc, but is still not exactly, like, mature. <laughs> I mean, she is, but she's still a 15-year-old kid, you know? And she's only just learned that, like, maybe it's not good to just throw people in prison or, like, kill people <laughs> based on no evidence. Like, she's only just learned this. And we're like, yeah, she can still be on the throne. Like, monarchy isn't inherently bad. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So as an ending, it doesn't really hang together, but the emotional and family stuff is still pretty good. So it, it works out okay. Um, what did you think about this ending? Uh, it was funny when they all almost got fucking killed on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it landed for me. I kept thinking like same with God in you know the first trilogy, like that whole thing of like really enjoying something in the moment. I think it applies to like everything. Um, but specific, specifically, <laughs> why are you laughing like that about that? I was just saying, like... I think this applies to everything. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. It just was really funny to me somehow. I think this applies to uh, when we are critiquing media and we are biased or, or immediate reactions <laughs> until, the, until we can, like, sleep and think things through. Um, but I was thinking, like, oh, this is, like, really working for me now. 
but I'm sure that when we talk about it in the podcast, I'm gonna be like, yeah, this, you know, I get this <laughs> and I get how this didn't work that well. But yeah, in the moment, it really worked for me overall. Like I was smiling and crying and. Yeah, the, the usual Ace Attorney shit. Yeah, like, the last half page of your notes are, like, they look like the end of a trilogy to me. And you even said this to me, like, we were talking in Discord <laughs> a little bit earlier. Like, yeah, I like, I really want to just talk about this game. Like, I just really, I enjoyed it so much and stuff like that. And, like, the emotions really hit. And, like, I mean, we, we took, this is what we talked about at the beginning, but it's just such a surprise to me that Sphere of Justice could stick the landing like <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Although... I mean, there's a part at the very end that I think we both really didn't like. <laughs> um, the first thing I'll talk about, this is kind of related to what I was talking about earlier, but like, uh, so at the end of this game, Apollo decides to stay in Crane to rebuild the legal system. Um, and it's very stupid because they keep talking about how like there's no lawyers and stuff, but like there was a lawyer, like Dirk was a lawyer before it became like illegal to do that. So there must have been other ones. Um, and Apollo even says, like, uh, this is, like, the very last line of the game, like, after the credits and stuff. He's like, yeah, it's really hard to do this because, like, I'm not even familiar with the legal system. And I'm like, <laughs> you're telling me there was no one better than this? And it just, like, falls back into that whole, like, savior thing that has been going through this whole game. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting that they, like, set up Apollo to, like, do his own thing. And, like, I think that was a big theme of this game was, like, Apollo stepping into his own role, I guess, and not, like, being under Phoenix's shadow the whole time. I just don't think it worked out very well. But then again, I never really was going to care about that with Apollo, so <laughs> shrug. For me, it's kind of like, I don't know, they, they didn't deserve Apollo. So it's fine that he, <laughs> that he decided to stay. It's also funny how they talk about it as if he was, like, I don't know fucking about to die or something when this case is basically people going back and forth from like both countries yeah, and we know that nahuta like flew across for this one stupid trial like two <laughs> days ago <laughs> but no apollo is like trapped in korea now they're never gonna see him again like it makes no sense um and then do you want to talk about i'm assuming we're thinking about the same thing from the credits yeah because the very very last one is kind of yeah. like eh. yeah there's a <laughs> fuck I think it's after the the usual like Ace Attorney credits sequence, uh, where you get like snippets of characters and such. Some of them are very funny. The one that isn't funny at all uh, involves <laughs> <laughs> involves Phoenix and a mysterious voice who says like, "I think Phoenix is like catching up with Lamiwar." Uh, he's saying like, "Oh yeah, like he seems he seems to be doing fine in Ukraine or whatever." And also, I made a copy of this. And I thought you 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 want to have it, and it's the picture of Show Justice, Polo's yeah. father, and she's like, "Oh, Show," and I think Phoenix says something like, "Hey, do you think it's like time to like tell them?" And she's like, "Yeah, maybe, maybe it's time." And the game fucking ends. <laughs> <laughs> and next like, twenty seven is whole... not confirmed at all. After this whole game uh, where they have been talking about, like, parents, basically, like, the whole, especially this case, is about what it means to be a parent. And they bring up Lamoir one time when Apollo is like, hey, do you know anything about my mother? And Phoenix fucking doesn't say anything. Like, I think that if they were gonna just ignore Lamoir and ignore this whole Apollo and Trucia siblings thing, they had to fucking ignore it. They couldn't just add it at the end. It just makes <laughs> it so much worse. Yeah, especially because, like, they go back 23 years back in time to, like, give the, the whole trial uh, conclusion or whatever. It was, like, that one chance. I don't know. I'm so mad. Yeah. Well, on a better note, like, some of the other epilogue stuff is really fun. Emma and Edgeworth have a conversation, which I think is so nice, because if you remember in, in game one, Emma was, like, so looking for Edgeworth's approval, and now he's like, I heard you became a forensic scientist. Congratulations. <laughs> was very important to me um and i think this is before the credits but we see like everyone on the plane back and trucy is like sleeping on edgeworth it's very, very yeah awesome. i think i wrote i wrote all worth it for trucy sleeping on edgeworth and i think that's exactly what i wrote about shadow on edgeworth's cravat as well so clearly everything is only worth it for edgeworth which is true i don't know why i would be surprised by that <laughs> uh what about you any standout epilogue stuff no i can think of i think my my mind just like got obliterated by that one uh scene at the end i was so fucking mad yeah i can i can sh express uh solidarity for polo having like a million cases to go through on his <laughs> um 
So that's the trilogy, the second trilogy. Do you want to talk about some of the overall stuff that we were sort of mentioning earlier? Yeah, so I don't know why I I saw like Amara's like presentation very similar to to Dalia's. Yeah. Of like, oh, this one person that how how is it possible that this person could do like any harm, you know? From the eyes of the yeah. judge or the or like the, the, the court itself. Especially like the animals I was remembering. I think it was like butterflies. In her case, that suddenly showed up while she was like smiling and shit. And then all of a sudden she would go like berserk. And Amara has like a few of those animations as well. With like a lightning strikes like behind her. And all you see is like her shadow and like white eyes. And I was like, oh, are they gonna do something here with like the sisters and blah blah blah. And they didn't. And I think I'm glad that they didn't. Because again, these three games have already pulled a bit too much from the original trilogy. While also... I don't know. Not letting the, the new characters like evolve and like develop in like in a proper way. I think by the end I kept thinking like on one end I was excited to think like okay yeah maybe there isn't like an S twenty seven right now. Um and I'm totally discarding the DLCs because I know I'm just gonna like not care about them. <laughs> I hope I do, but yeah, I'm keeping my expectations on the fucking ground just in case. But I was like fighting my my sadness of the moment with okay, but I still have like uh like a different story and like different characters to like meet in Greatest Story Chronicles. Uh, and I'm very excited about that and see how that goes. On the other end, yeah, the trilogy as a whole, I don't know. I was expecting more because it's like the new characters are interesting. Like if he was like like a foundational think of like yeah like you with Apollo for example it's like <laughs> you just don't give a fuck about Apollo and that's fine because it's like I don't think the games give you enough to work with until like this last case basically right exactly and it's like okay so now what and now it's just you just sit down and fucking wait until the next game I don't know I'm rambling but yeah it's like this a podcast m- is made for rambling it's like a bittersweet goodbye Maybe. Yeah. I think for me, I just come out of it like so surprised that I really enjoyed this end part of Spirit of Justice. I think the Apollo Justice trilogy is so mixed overall. Like, there's some good ideas there. And I think I have a soft spot for Apollo Justice, you know, as an Ace 24 because of the. Like, I still played it. Like, it still feels like one of the games that I played when it was like when I was young, you know? Mm hmm. And then replaying Dual Destinies, I was like, yeah, like all of this is pretty solid and there's things in here that I really like, but actually playing it was kind of a slog. And then Spirit of Justice, it was like all of it kind of sucked until suddenly <laughs> at the end it was really good. And it's like, what the fuck happened? Like, it's so weird. It's such a hard thing to have like an overall feeling on for me, especially compared with the original trilogy where I'm like, top to bottom, this slaps. I'm not thinking about any of the stuff that's bad about it. Don't talk to me. Just, it's great. Don't worry about it. <laughs> But yeah, I am curious to see at this point, like, how I feel about replaying Great Ace Attorney Chronicles, because I played that so, like, quickly and put together that, you know, as in, like, so back to back that I really don't know where it's going to fall, like, between these scales that, like, of the other six games that we talked about. Having said that, we're playing Leighton first, remember? It's very important. I've already got you to agree to it, so too late. It's funny that you ask me. At, at at one point where you knew that I was gonna be like still half sleep. I specifically actually didn't because I I waited and I thought you'd be awake and then I asked you if you were awake because I wanted to talk to you about it. I wanted to catch you awake because I thought you'd be in a better mood. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this through. However, I failed and you were asleep and then you said yes anyway, so it was fine. Uh, it's fine. I'm up for a, for a change of pace. Yeah, it'll be different. I and mean, we'll both be watching on YouTube and just like skipping through all the puzzles and stuff. So I don't think it'll take very long. <laughs> it's also interesting to me that the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles games are the only ones that you haven't replayed yet. Yeah. So that's going to be like a fun perspective. And I don't remember fucking anything about them except the very ending. Because <laughs> oh, I wrote a piece about okay. it. So, I mean, the, the major, major plot points I remember, but like the individual cases, not at all. Hmm. I played that in such a blur, but I'm sure we'll talk about that when we get into it, so. <sighs> all the mainline games finished. 
Well, yeah, except the DLC, but still, you know, that <laughs> Do you want to play uh, Ultimate Mirrors of Capcom 3 as well? Maybe. We'll get there after. We'll do the other ones first. Wait, does... Are there, like... You know how fighting games usually have, like, campaigns for, like, each character? I wonder if there's, like, an yeah. actual campaign for Phoenix. I actually don't know. We should find out. Okay. I almost said the other thing that we were talking about today, but one, I think that that is a joke, and two, I don't want to fucking jinx it too early, you know? Mm-hmm. The other podcast that we were talking about making. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be after a long break. Wait, I think, that was today? Happens. No, that was... Oh, yeah. Well. Buddy, you've been awake for 15 <laughs> days in a row, but I'm pretty sure it was today. <laughs> okay. Fuck. Yeah, it was it was eight AM this morning. No. <laughs> a mere twelve hours ago. Fucked up. Alright. Anything else you wanna add? Or are we wrapping up on Spirit of Justice? We're not because again we have the DLC, but still. I think it's time to let it go and <laughs> move on. Very good. I wanna make that the end of the podcast, but also are we gonna talk for twenty five minutes about where you can find us on social media? <laughs> oh, Maybe not. Maybe I just cut it there. We've done it in every other podcast. We don't need to do it every time. <laughs> I have another... I mean, we still have to do the DLCs. But I had, like, another thing in mind for which we can use to, like, close the, the trilogy. <laughs> so if you want to, like... And then you can decide or you need it to order. Oh, yeah, I can cut it and put it into next week's. God, that's thinking ahead. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so where can people find you? Oh, people can find me on Twitter at JM Costello and also on Blue Sky at JM Costello. And who knows? This podcast is coming out in like 10 weeks. There's probably going to be a new one at that point. It's going to be Christmas in 10 weeks. I'm not thinking about that shit. <laughs> Why did you say that to me? Uh, yeah, people can also find me on Twitter.com at DiegoArwesho66. Yeah, I think I just... The transition doesn't work well, but the only thing I'm going to say is I'm DiegoArwesho and I'm fine. I was expecting you to say I'm Shake a Sailor and I'm fine and then the podcast was gonna end. No. I don't care about follow enough to do that. Wow. You can quote (laughs) what's uh Emma's catchphrase? Oh, like I don't think I'm gonna do it. Munch 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 munch. Munch 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 munch.